Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. And joined now by friend of the show, Jason Reed, senior NFL writer for Anscape. You can follow him at J. Reed ESPN. Morning. Morning, Jason. Hey, good morning, guys. How we doing? What's up, what Jay? up Jay? Of course, Jason. How we doing? Good, man. Author of Rise of the Black Quarterback, What It Means for America. Speaking Jay- of that, go ahead, Max. Oh, just, what's your biggest takeaway from the draft, from the NFL draft, Jason? Well, you know, fellas, the last time you guys had me on a while back, you know, I, I talked about the fact that we're really in the era of the black quarterback right now. And, you know, after that, we had the first Super Bowl matchup. We had two black starting quarterbacks. Not just two black starting quarterbacks, guys that finished first and second in the AP MVP voting, uh, guys who finished first and second in the, in the all-pro voting. So literally the best two quarterbacks in the NFL last year were Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, and they faced off in an epic Super Bowl. Then what do you have? You have a second NFL draft. Three black quarterbacks were selected in the first round, and the first ever in which you had black quarterbacks going one and two and three in the top five picks. So – what we see, what we saw in this draft, what we saw this season in the NFL, we're going to see moving forward. And, and again, like I said the last time, there's always going to be great white quarterbacks in the NFL. They're, 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 no one's saying anything to the contrary. But we are in the era of the black quarterback now because it is going to be commonplace to see superstar black quarterbacks leading in a few years at least half of the teams in the NFL. When you looked at the, the you mentioned it, Jason, three black quarterbacks going in the top five picks of this year's draft. When you looked at the interesting thing for me is I, I, I looked at somewhat, somewhat of the regions and in different places where I look at the South and there, you know, there's Carolina, obviously they've had black quarterbacks in the past. And then I look at Indianapolis and Anthony Richardson going there and, you know, they've had Jacoby Brissett in the past, but it was, I, I based on all the reports that was coming out leading up into the draft made me believe clearly that they were certainly going to go with Levis at the quarterback position. But when they chose Anthony Richardson to Indianapolis, how surprised are you? Well, you know, Keith, I really wasn't surprised from this standpoint. You know, the, the draft hype machine, you know, within the media, you know, you, you, you always hear that there are certain guys who are expected to be something where they're expected to go. But teams don't necessarily look at it like that. And, you know, Keith, here's the thing. Anthony Richardson's – combine was so off the charts. I mean, to have a guy at 6'4", 244, ran the 40 that he did, that was unprecedented in the history of the combine. I mean, as great as Cam was and as a freak of nature as Cam was, at that size to run that 40, it's just ridiculous. And then also, he can make all the throws, has the big arm. You 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 talk to NFL general managers, you talk to scouts, if you get a guy in the top 50 or top 60, you're expecting to get a good football player. You get a guy who did what he did in the combine, and you pick him in the top five, you're talking about potentially a generational talent. Now, clearly, you know, it would be better if he sat and, and waited for a while because he does have some things he's going to have to do. He's not very accurate. Even back in high school, he wasn't very accurate. So those are going to be some things that would benefit him to sit. But I wasn't surprised about the Will Levis thing because – this guy was so off the charts. And additionally, he also scored really well on, on the cognitive test. So now you're talking about a smart guy who's a freak of nature with the arm strength. Nah, Will Levis couldn't beat that. Jason, uh, what? 
I asked a couple of people this today as it relates to like just quarterbacks in general right now. Like, Where do you see the future of quarterbacks in this league moving forward with some of these contracts and what's at stake on the future? Well, you know, I tell you, Jay, well, here's the thing. You know, we saw what happened with the Lamar situation where the Ravens went to a line and they were not willing to go any further. Lamar wanted to get what Deshaun Watson got, $230 million guaranteed. And I'm, I'm pro player in terms of, you know, these guys, their playing careers, as Key knows, very short, you know, on average, like three and a half years. So, like, I'm one of these people who says, hey, like, all, whatever these guys can get, I want them to get. But owners made it clear Deshaun Watson was an outlier. Okay, he had a ton of leverage. The Browns cracked because they had to get him, and they did what they had to do. But I don't see these quarterback contracts going to these fully guaranteed deals because the reality of, the, the reality of it is NFL owners will not let, let that happen. Jason Reed, senior NFL writer for Anscape. I want to bounce this idea off you, though, okay? Sometimes if you see a negotiation, you can read the messages being sent by each side. But in the case of the Lamar Jackson negotiation, it seems to me that one entity, the players represented by Jackson, were negotiating with another entity, not the Baltimore Ravens, but the owners of the league. That's why it felt like collusion, although you can't prove it. You know, you have to be able to prove it. And the reason it felt that way to me is because I look at the um, signals being sent. 179 and a half guaranteed for Hertz. Okay, so if you go up $5 million each time, Lamar, Burrow, Herbert, in whatever order, you're still well under 200. Maybe Mahomes touches 200 or one. It felt like an entity, the owners, were saying, we are drawing the line on you guys at 200. Does it, did it feel that way to you at all? That's why my mind went to collusion. Well, Max, you're not wrong about that. I mean, that, that was made clear. Look, the Deshaun Watson contract, $230 million guaranteed, the Browns needed him to waive his no-trade clause. The Browns were desperate to get a guy, an elite guy who had shown he was an elite guy, after making such a wrong move on Baker Mayfield at number one overall in 2018. So, Max, you are absolutely correct. But holding the line and proving collusion are two separate things, as you know. Now, yes, I do believe that, that Lamar was not just negotiating with the Ravens. It was all of the NFL. But I don't think you'll ever find a, a memo or an email that says, you guys better not do what the Browns did and give this guy 230 or 240 or $250 million guaranteed. I think there was an understanding. Like, you know, if we, if we walk outside in the morning and we slept, but the ground is wet. We know it rained, right? But we, 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 we couldn't prove it because we didn't see it. So I think it was one of those situations where it will never be proven, but clearly the owners put a line in the sand. Yeah, they, they, they drew a line in the sand, but there are going to be quarterbacks that have surpassed $200 million. Patrick Mahomes will probably be the first guy, if not Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, that will surpass $200 million. I mean, it's just – that's the reality of it. Then I, where things are right now with Lamar being the last guy, them redoing Patrick Mahomes in the future. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be a two hundred and fifty, sixty, seventy million dollar fully guaranteed guy with a seven hundred million dollar contract totaling value. So I expect for it to be over two hundred. But Jason, um, when you look at the way this draft played out, in particularly the HBCU schools had one player drafted. How, diff- how disappointing 
was that to only see one one player gone? Well, let me ask. Let me respond to your first, the other thing first. I totally agree with you that Mahomes is going to be the guy who goes up, and Burrow is going to go up, and Herbert's going to go up. All these guys going to go up. But remember, Lamar did not have the leverage of playoff success. Joe Burrow has that now. As opposed to uh, and then uh, uh, with your second question, look, HBCU players, key as you know. A lot of them do not get drafted. I mean, back in the days, you know, before all these Southern schools let black players play there, yeah, you had a lot of HBCU players getting drafted and guys who went to the Hall of Fame. But it's just a situation now where the belief is, okay, these guys are just not as good as the guys at the Alabamas and the Clemsons and the USC's. And, you know, what they're going to have to keep doing is proving as undrafted uh, free agents that they can get it done. I know Dion went off about this, but this year is not that much different than past years. Mm. Jason Reed, ladies and gentlemen, author, Rise of the Black Quarterback, What It Means for America. Hey, Jason, what does it mean for America? Well, you know, Max, as, as we saw in the draft, as we saw in the Super Bowl, when people get opportunities and they are allowed to compete on their, on their intellect and their skills and their merit and their drive, any one of us can, like, rise up and, and succeed. You know, being, an NFL, being a superstar NFL quarterback is not specific to people who look a certain way. It's specific to people who have the skill sets, have the intellect, can make the throws, can do all the things that an NFL superstar quarterback is asked to do. So what it means for America is give people opportunities and anybody can rise to the top. Right. Diversity is not about, well, let's get one member of each group so we can be seen, we can virtue signal or something. It's if you notice a group is excluded based on anything other than merit, your organization is not being run efficiently. Right? The NFL did not have the best players playing that position, and teams were not giving themselves the best competitive advantage possible because mm-hmm. an entire group of people were excluded based on something that had nothing to do with merit. Hey, Jason, I wanted to hit you on something else real quick before we let you go because um, I, I thought it was one of the best stories of the NFL draft that nobody's really talking about. Did you happen to see uh, what happened with the Dallas Cowboys and Chris Vaughn yeah. of the scouting yeah, department? Yeah, I did. I mean, that, yeah. Can we just talk about that for a second? That, that you talk about black quarterbacks or players in general, like the ability to to draft your son to a franchise, yeah. and the fact that Jerry Jones, as an owner, it, it, all of a sudden I started. I was like, okay, Jerry, like allowing somebody to do that. First off, the talent was there, but I just I just thought the story was one of the best stories about the draft weekend that really no one's talking about. Yeah, yeah, Jay Will. And, and Max, you're 100% right on everything you said. You know, Jay Will, here's the thing. Um, I, I mean, I'm a father, and I think anybody who is a father, you, you, know, you raise your kids, you, you try to raise them the right way, you, and if you're in a, in a good position where you can give them advantages, you hope they take advantage of those advantages and then apply them and become the best people they can be. And you know, when I was watching that, I, I saw the clip last night. Um, I was busy with draft stuff up until that point, but I saw the clip last night. And, look, man, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I teared up a little bit. Um, you know, as a father, to be in that position and then to have your son be in that position. Because here's the thing. Like, I don't know what type of player he's going to be, but the Cowboys just wouldn't have let him do that, draft his son, you know, just to have a nice moment. I mean, they want this young man to come in and compete to make that roster. So, um, I'm with you, Jay Will. It was a very moving story. And for any father, 
and a father of a son who is in the same field that you are to be able to do that, brother, that was the most inspirational story to draft to me, and I'm getting a little emotional just thinking about it right now again. Jason Reed, senior NFL writer for Anscape. Thanks a million for joining us as always this morning, Jason. Hey, Jason, don't worry about it. If, yeah. I ever become a, if I ever become a general manager, president, owner of a team, I'm drafting your son. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just because. Well, well look, he, I'm, I'm not going to hold you that, Jay. man. He's a receiver in high school, but he's not, he's not at that level. So I won't hold you, but very kind of you, brother, to say matter. that. It's called nepotism, <laughs> baby. Key, what's my job okay. again? Assistant, special assistant to you're, the GM? You're, you're special assistant <laughs> to the general manager. I just got, I, I'm just, so I'm behind. Behind him about a, a, a six, seven feet, Jason, and I just took notes. I'm taking notes on okay. what I just said. That's, hey, thanks a lot, work. fellas. All All right. Right. Thank you, Jason. Jay, All I'm right. drafting your son. Don't worry. Got it. Done. Even, even, if, even if he can't catch, not a problem. We'll what about my daughter? <laughs> Whatever. She can come and coach with me. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Jay, that's the only way my, any of my kids are getting into professional sports. <laughs> Jay's game plan coming up, KJM. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. KJM ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Key, you know how locked in Jay was on his game plans? He was just putting the finishing touches on them? Well, he almost lost his job last week. I, I was, was going to I was gonna show him an IG reel that would have had him on the floor. He's like, no, no, I have to concentrate. He almost That's lost his in. job last week, so, you know. Stacy got me. Stacy. Yeah. Stacy got, got me. Got to Stacy-proof these, uh, these game plans, Jay. Well, she pro- yeah, well, she proved it for Wait, Miami. Wait, what is she? She in Miami won. Ha-ha. Yeah. Jay, what but you the, got? The game plan is for both teams, Key. Yeah, what's the game plan? I know, you guys? but Miami won. She picked <laughs> Miami with her game plan. <laughs> I'm not making picks. I'm just giving game plans. Keyshawn, Jay Will, Max, and Stacey. <laughs> I'm not trying to get into a tit-for-tat with you, okay? <laughs> it's not my style. I leave that up to you know, the Maxer. Yeah, good. To the maxer. We all have our lanes. All right. 76ers at Celtics. Jay, what you got? 7.30 p.m. What a long time that the Philly beat Boston. I mean, Embiid had 52 points mm-hmm. this season. 52 points. You're saying they're going to miss the, the biggest question, and we'll see if Joel Embiid is going to play tonight. He was considered to be probable. But the question is, with Robert Williams and Al Horford, there is a major advantage for Joel Embiid. And for the 76ers, everything starts with their best player, this year's MVP. You need James Harden to be aggressive but we've also given you the stats about Tyrese Maxey. Now, Tyrese Maxey in his career against the Celtics has not played well. Only two games that he scored in double figures. You need him to be the Tyrese Maxey that he was when James Harden got kicked out against the Brooklyn Nets, where he was prolific, right? If you can have James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel Embiid healthy, that's going to be critical. Now, for Boston on their end, it all starts with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Look, they, they were second in the regular season in – Made threes per game. 16 made threes per game. 
They let their foot off the gas in game five against the Hawks. Defense was critical for them. It's going to be that same thing with their cast of characters against, you talk about James Harden, Tyrese Maxey. Perimeter defense is going to be critical for them and making shots from the outside. Those are the two game plans for those two teams. Now let's go to the Denver Nuggets versus the Phoenix Suns. That game is tonight at 10 o'clock on TNT. The biggest thing about, I think, this matchup for the Suns, you got guys like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, they're going to have to play 40 minutes per game. They play 40 minutes per game. Now, they've been doing that. The question for the Suns is, I mean, with the exception of KD and Devin Booker going crazy for 50-plus points, which these things need to occur, it's guys like their bench, Wainwright, Craig, Biombo, Landell, Payne, Lee, Shamit, Ross. Some of these guys are going to have to give you points, Max. Like somebody's going to have to give you 20 points off the bench in order to keep up with the pace and the depth of the Denver Nuggets. They were double-teaming. Devin Booker, and they were staying at home on Kevin Durant saying, okay, Aiton, beat us. Anybody else. No, not anybody else. Aiton. Okay, Aiton, beat us. How aggressive are you going to be? Are you going to take a shot? Are you going to get to the rack? Like, they were challenging him. Like, that's under question. That was one of the biggest things we talked about for this team. And, by the way, in that game, Aiton had 14 points, 7-11 shots, right? Mm -hmm. So being aggressive. And, by the way, the other end, Jamal Murray's being prolific. Aaron Gordon's been doing things off the bounce. And they're going to keep throwing bodies. That's going to be the question. Do the Suns have the scoring power and the depth to stay with the Denver Nuggets? Particularly, you would think that depth, and that's where everyone's targeted the Suns, they have to give up the depth to bring in KD, is going to affect you mile high. Right? It's going to, this is the wrong team to not have depth against because usually a Denver team is built with depth because of their arena, is you know, elevation and... The Suns, that plays right into the Suns' weakness. Well, Jay, does that, does that really factor into <sighs> everything, the altitude? Because yeah. Key, I don't know how you guys were when you played in Denver. Smacked, when they get smacked and they losing, when they were losing and getting smacked, nobody was complaining about the altitude. Yeah, I mean, I've always seen uh, doing USA Basketball Key, all their top flight training facilities uh-huh. from the time you're 10 years old, for me going out there. That's the reason they train there all the time, right? Yeah. Just the conditioning level that it keeps you at, where it doesn't really hurt you when you're there for a couple of days. It yeah. should be less of a factor in game two. But when you start doing the one, 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 when you start going back and forth, that travel combined with the altitude, it's different. Yeah, it's different. Those Masai Uji- I played in Denver, and it's just uh, maybe I just wasn't. I was a little wild, young, you know, pup running around and never paid any attention to it. Yeah. I, I just those Masai Ujiri teams where he really made his bones in the front office. That Denver team didn't even have a lot of great players, but they had ten dudes who could go and would run people. You know, remember that home record was crazy because they just run people out the gym. Even even if Embiid plays as as uh, Anthony Gargano, who was on the show earlier, believes that that he should. He hasn't played since April twentieth, right? And. Even so, like he, every, they have no answer for him defensively, like when he's on offense. But on defense, they try and take him out, right, into space and bring you out stretch here on ball him out. Screens. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. So that's, it's not like it's a slam dunk, so to speak, even if MB plays at his best, that there, there's a, there could be a problem matching up for Philadelphia defense. Well, where you know? I get a little bit confused is, that, you know, what I kept hearing around Philly was that they were sitting out for precautionary reasons, right? I, and, and they were in control of the series. He got rest. So, you know, I. I 
I don't know if that's gamesmanship, where actually he is with his injury and how that relates, but I mean, we're going to find out tonight. Yeah, what if Doc is just misleading everybody and in fact he plays and catches them with their pants down, right? I mean, you also just need James Harden to go. I mean, look, I, I get that people are going to say Tyrese Maxey is one of the critical pieces, and he is, but this comes back to James Harden being a little bit more prolific offensively too, right? Like it, it's the, when you get to the second round of the playoffs, when you get to these semifinals, these finals, it's okay. Like your big boys need to be big boys. And one of the reasons you brought in James Harden is not only for his passing ability, which he's been great at, but especially with Jane, with Joel Embiid having somewhat of an injury, if he can't be dominant, See, you need somebody else to take on a dominant huge, scoring role, huge op- which is not who James Harden has been the last two seasons. Huge opportunity for James Harden here in the way his career will be remembered even because it's not expected that they're going to win without Embiid. If Harden could somehow turn back the clock and be that guy and give you one of those vintage performances and win. It'd be huge for him. Huge for him. Oh, my God, it'd be huge. If he could if he could steal one up there without Embiid. Oh, oh my massive. God. Yeah, and not massive. a ton of downside, actually. Usually it's the opposite for Harden. Man, if he messes this up. But in this case, if they don't get it done, they're not supposed to. But if he can get it done and have one of those crazy vintage Harden games, huge. But he's also going to need Doc to coach, Jay. Yeah. Doc can't be messing around. He's got he's to bring out one of the best that he's ever done. Because he, if he, if Embiid, whether Embiid's there f- at full strength or hobbled some, if Doc can coach it up a certain way and they can get out of there with a W, man, that's huge. Oh, my God, that would be huge. Should a player's height factor into how we view them historically? KJM. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. 
Jose, should a player's height factor into how we view them historically? Go ahead, Jay. Explain uh, what just happened. Uh, so, so, Key, you know, we shoot into the garbage bin every day, right? And and Max historically does not have a great shooting percentage One in the three-point line. I mean, it's a three-point shot. Yeah, he's typically he's around you know, maybe 15 20%. Yeah, Today, you're being generous. He's shooting like 80%. And I'm like, what's the difference? And he's like, oh, the microphone. It's, lower. It, it's a lot lower shorter. today. I'm like, oh, so height matters. And he just <laughs> lost it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah size does matter matters. in the NBA. The the bigger you are, the, the shorter you are, the harder it is yes. to be as great as Steph. And you and Key see that and say, therefore, his greatness is elevated in your eyes. And while I understand the thinking, to me, when, if I'm putting like, the greatest ever list together, I just want to know how effective you were. So can I tell you something? So, yeah. like, uh, and, and this may not prove a point. I just want to provide context. I remember my, my first time practicing against Jason Kidd, mm-hmm. right? We were hanging out. We were just working out. And we're like, all right, coach, like, let's go ones. We're like, all right, cool, let's go ones. Now, I was typically like the faster guy, even in the league, faster guy than a lot of people. I never matched up key with somebody that was four inches taller than me and was slightly faster than me, stronger than me, and did a lot of these other things better. And it was just there were certain points of the court I couldn't get to. Now, my handle was tight, and I was able to get my shot off, but it just made everything so much more difficult. And that's Jason Kidd. That wasn't talking about, like, hmm. a Gary Payton or that wasn't talking about a Michael Jordan. That wasn't talking about a Kobe Bryant. Like, guys taller, stronger, faster, how they can move laterally, jumping ability. It just makes the competition more You know how hard it is to do in key. Like, in boxing, when I see a smaller fighter move up in weight classes, several weight classes, pound for pound, I give them extra credit, right? Manny Pacquiao's fighting at welterweight. He starts at flyweight. Holyfield starts at light heavy, winds up at heavy. I give them extra credit pound for pound when they're battling on even terms with these big dudes. But if you ask me to rank them in that weight division, what do you think of Pacquiao as a welterweight? Well, that's different. What do you think of Holyfield as a heavyweight? Great, but he's not the greatest. So, so what I think you guys are giving Steph credit for is pound for pound greatness, which I agree with. But then actual weight greatness in your weight division, and in the NBA, it's all the same weight division. You don't, it's not stratified like boxing. I, I'm not giving you those bonus points because did it, did it, you still got to win. Like, if it hinders but, you from winning. But that's but, my thing. But, he is winning. He is. He is. That's why I keep saying But he already got credit for that, in my view. That's what I'm saying. It's a combination of both. And, Max, it's not the same. When you got Shaq at 7 feet tall and 300 pounds, that's not the same as a dude that's 6'2", 175, or right. whatever Steph weighs. It's not the same. No, no. It's totally more incredible different. that Steph is doing it. Think about how he did it. Handles in, in, and a shot from in anywhere. Boxing, in boxing, none of the little guys you're talking about are ever going to beat the heavyweights. It's just, not, it's too, it's just never going to happen. Right. Never going to happen because they're bigger. They're stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the little guy gets a jab to the, to the ribs and crack a rib or break a rib or something, and maybe he can – do that and maybe get away with it because the guy quits on him. But in basketball or in football, you are automatically at a disadvantage to start with. And no then doubt. When you elevate to a whole nother level. You're giving them extra credit. Absolutely. Okay. So in the top, in your top ten list, if I have Steph now at ten with a bullet, he's still going up. Where do you have him, Jay? I haven't put together my list yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no, it's legitimate. Like I, mean, I, just, you know, like, I, I don't want to. Like, uh, I haven't put a list together well, yet. Well, because everything's not a list to me. You know what I, and I know that's I'm, what I'm we do. Of, like, I'm, proud, we are, I'm proud of you, Jay. Like, boo, you know, I, boo I, to we, both of you. Well, we'll rank them and put them. I'm just, 
I know what my eyes have never seen before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know what they've never seen before. And I'm Absolutely. a student of the game. I'm a guy who's played the game. I have never seen 30 before. I've never seen number 30 before. That's, I stand next to Steph. I'm looking Steph in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, have we ever considered Isaiah maybe to be the greatest player to ever play the no. game? I mean, or... You consider Steph in the conversation greatest to ever I, play I the game? He's starting to trend in that direction. He will. He's starting to trend in that direction. He's starting to trend in that direction, dog. Very fast. The greatest to ever play the game. Come on. He's about to. That conversation Max, is about to start. He happening, is Max. starting Whether to trend in that direction. Whether you want to believe it or not, and you want to. I just seen LeBron at his peak a, be better. I'm just. That's Steph, fine. That's fine. I, I'm just telling you. But like, how could you have him number one if you got a guy in his era like his? It's headed in that direction, though, Max. He's got he's like LeBron dominated you're the listening, league as the best you're, player you're, for 10 Max, straight years somewhere. There's a guy right, right or wrong sitting mm-hmm. next to you mm-hmm. that played this game that's mm-hmm. saying it's headed in that direction. Yes, but he favors short players. Dwayne no, in Texas. No, you're on KJM no, ESPN Radio. Hey, how you guys doing today, man? I listen to you guys most mornings. But I want to uh, agree with uh, Jake Will. I have to say, uh, give himself uh, overall package, and, and for him to be able to do what he does at an extremely high level, you have to give him extra credit. Um, you compare that to uh, excuse me, uh, Spud Webb. He's a great dunker, but the fact that he was five six, five seven, doing what he was able to do, it just looks so much spectacular that you just have to give him extra credit for that. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with Jay Gould. Max, I'm not saying – it will be definitive that people will say when it's all said and done that Steph is the greatest ever player. Like Mike, Michael Jordan's argument is so hard to beat because mm-hmm. there's a level of perfection, what right? About LeBron's and, argument. Uh, I'm getting there. LeBron too. I mean, LeBron is from the time he came into the league, mm-hmm. right? Two guys who are just one will and determination plus extreme athlete. Maybe mm-hmm. the best athlete the game of basketball has ever seen. Fair to say? I mean, him and LeBron. Well, right, yeah. Yeah, LeBron might be the greatest athlete package of all time, right? Where would you put Steph as it relates to one of the greatest athletes the game has ever seen? Well, I, I think that I think that size counts. No, no, so no, if no. you're a shorter athlete, I don't think he's really in that conversation. But Hick, I don't think anybody who follows basketball like, oh, Steph's one of the greatest athletes the game has ever seen. Right, no, but when you... You, you would say at most like he's a Oh, marginal you mean just athlete. like pure burst and stuff like that and, yes. and hops and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah. Hand-eye coordination. See, well, he's hand-eye yeah, coordination yeah. is yeah, yeah. athleticism that's very sure. different. That's, sure. his no, but you wouldn't think unique. you wouldn't take the Martian to Steph in a battle of your, their greatest athletes, right? You take him to LeBron. So you see the skill set of like LeBron. Even though he's really great in golf. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't start. Please. Yeah, no, that's a whole other rabbit hole. No, Let's, I'm just saying. Just he's stay in this really rabbit hole. He's really great in golf. Yeah. Really great in golf. Maybe he's a great athlete. Maybe, I don't know. I just wanted, you know, because some people would say that, in, including myself, that you have to have be some sort of athlete to be able to play golf at the level that no he's question. playing. When at. I think of the greatest see athletes that. of all time, Phil Mickelson is like, you know, well, you certainly we top had a, five. We had, a guy, yeah. we had a guy on my basketball team named Eddie Robinson, one of the most athletic dudes you have. Yeah. Skill wasn't always there. Yeah. But there were times where his athletic ability key just, he was like, wop, wop. He's like, whoa, whoa, what, what you just do? He's like, I don't know, dog. It just. People start talking. Way, I, I, right? I, Steph is incredible. People start saying he's it's heading toward the greatest player of all time. Everyone's lost their minds. You can't have shared an era with someone else who's always considered better for ten straight years, and then say that dude who was better than you, you're ahead of him. I don't see but, how. But does it? Okay, let me ask you this question, Mister Smarty Pants. Yes. One guy seems to be slowing down. Yes, tremendously. He's 100, though. It, it Steph is two years behind. Steph him. is thirty-five. Yeah, so like come on. thirty-eight. But go ahead. And you got one guy that looks like he's 
ready to play another ten years. You're right. Listen, could, if, could he be? Could he be catching up? Yes, as one dude is passing. That's yes, what Jay if, is Steph, saying. if Steph if has listen, if Steph has an unusually like historically incredible longevity in his career. Like if they win back to back world championships. This year and next. Like, what would do, be interesting do, about do you not that? See that trending? Yeah, what would be like, interesting about there. that is early, even though it's kind of revisionist history and Magic won the title right away, really the first half of their careers, Larry Bird was almost unanimously considered the better player. But Magic kept getting better, and Bird wound up with a back injury, and Magic wound up with just as many MVPs and MVP finishes and, cha- and more championships. And because of the back half of his career, usually is ahead of Larry Bird on those all-time lists. So, yes, it is possible that if Steph has some unusual longevity in his career where he continues to do what he's doing in the finals, yes. I'm just saying the odds are against that just because we've never seen it before. Not that it's impossible to happen, but it's unlikely. Well, you said the odds is against Tom Brady, too. No doubt, and and he did it. He went on and did it. He did it, but that's what makes it (laughs) remarkable is that the odds were against it. Isn't that what makes it remarkable? He don't look like he's slowing down to me, though. I agree with that, too. I have to admit. Should a player's height factor into their greatness? 888-SAY-ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Oh. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. This doesn't get you going. What's going to get you going? Should a player's height factor into how we view them historically? Guys, I could tell you, like, the impact that Muhammad Ali had off the field of play, like outside the ring, was enormous, and I'm well-versed in it. And as an historical figure, it certainly elevates him. But when I'm just talking about a boxer, I don't count that stuff. I'm just looking at who you beat, how you beat him, how'd you do against your contemporaries, all that kind of stuff. We're not talking about off the court, right? I get it. But when you start to factor in things other than how effective a player they are. It's all good. That's your algorithm. I have my algorithm. We have different different metrics that we run this through. Why don't y'all just say point of view? Point of view. Point Absolutely. It's even better. Algorithm. He got algorithm and metrics. Point of view, man. Point of view is fine. Yes. POV. 
Yeah, well, no, don't just viewpoint. Point of view. Don't do the whole POV. Just point of view, man. <laughs> what you think, or or I think different than you. Just, just keep it simple. Just keep it simple. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Man, Layman's we terms. We know y'all got good educations or great educations. It's okay. It just comes Jeez. out naturally. Well, yeah. let's change it. No, actually, in that case, Jay said algorithm and I said metrics because we couldn't think of the real word we were looking for, which oh, is God, like point of view or something view, like yes. that. No, yeah. you did it. Oh, your fancy. SC education, the lording it over us, I see, Key. <laughs> Alex in Washington, you're on KJM ESPN Radio. Hey, morning, gentlemen. Um, so, a uh, huge Laker fan, and I will say this, Steph Curry, what he's done to the game is to the likes of, in my opinion, what Bill Russell did to the game, what uh, uh, Michael Jordan did to the game. No other player has ever done what Steph Curry's doing. He changed the game from the point guard position all the way to the center position. Everyone's taking threes at a rate that has never been seen before, and when it's all said and done, and he goes down as the greatest point guard, I think, of all time. It's just, it's crazy. Can I say something that that made me think of, guys? That what is remarkable about what Steph's doing, Jay, is you give him kind of, hey, but he's still doing it. If anything, he's getting better in everything, under pressure in the biggest games, is if you look at the Tiger Woods effect, when you revolutionize the game, Babe Ruth did this once upon a time, there are imitators that come along behind you, right? So there's the original. Did you improve on the design? Did you do something new? Right? The original. And then you have derivative, right? So like uh, AZ could make Nas sound dated at one point because he, right? You, you have guys who build on what came before. Maybe that's not the best example because you could argue <laughs> AZ call, came man. along maybe parallel with Nas. But the point is that the, that the imitators start to make the original look old. When Tiger Woods came back from all the stuff, he had to play against a field of players who, who were better athletes because they were inspired by Tiger Woods. Yeah, lifting weights and doing yeah. the whole deal. What's yeah. crazy about Steph is when he started doing this, no one else was doing it. And now everyone's doing it. And he's still doing it How better about, than them. You ready for this? Here, here's something I thought about, Keith. That's what I'm saying, though, Max. So yeah, yeah. You give him extra credit. For I, I'm starting to. Uh, Steph, I'm starting Curry's to silhouette. Hours later. Steph Curry's silhouette will be the greatest of our generation. Silhouette. Ahead of LeBron. Or is it a different I, I, generation? I, I, not, not the Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. but like this, this generation. This, ahead this of gener- LeBron, then. Yeah, that's, that's his silhouette. What is, what, what, some- what, what, is, what is LeBron James known for? Uh, Everything. Power dunk. Everything. The power like, the, power the dunk. Power, like, the, but like, the, what would his silhouette be if you were making like the bang? The yeah. Dunk. The arm yeah. Power, yeah. You know what the that power is? Dunk. With the headband. Now, yeah. what do you think, it, what do you think will, can move more product? That or Steph Curry's shot being his silhouette? Hmm. Good question. Well, see, here's what I'll say. Now here's you have kids that just Jake. shoot half court in New York but, City. But every it's yeah, everywhere. so different. But every era silhouette is what the next, like Max was saying, the next person tried to come and imitate that, right? So you go back to Michael Jordan. Everybody was trying to do the Michael Jordan stuff. Nice little minis, maybe a dunk here, do 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 that. Then you go and you move forward and you look at like what Kobe Bryant did. Then you move forward to LeBron. Everybody was trying to do the bully ball situation. And now you look at Steph Curry, everybody, all the bigs, they don't even go underneath the basket. That's no what I'm saying, Key. He's the first. He's the first. So if you're saying oh, yeah, would be the, if you're saying that, if he will say LeBron James is like a, an iteration of magic. And, and, Magic and Michael, and have Michael, a baby. right? Like to that next iteration. Like now, you're going back to the original iteration of like Michael, right? Of his of his own time, right? Like Steph is. When have you seen a player at his size, with his top two handles? With like we think about when you talk about a shooter, greatest shooters of all time: Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. No, Steph. You go to, 
spot shooters, though. Not guys that are no. doing it off the not dribble with the slingshot. Not mobile artillery units. That's a, like, he's the first. Yeah, Reggie wasn't a – Reggie was dribble, shoot. He might put the ball on the ground once or twice and shoot it, but most time it's catch and shoot. I'm trying to think who else is – You know, when you, like when you talk Steph. about Steph, too, the, you could say the modern era of basketball started – when the ABA was absorbed into the NBA and the NBA came, okay, now we have a three-point line, right? That's like a demarcation of the modern NBA. That's the NBA Magic and Bird played in, et cetera. Michael Jordan was its greatest player. And you could say Kobe came along, and the reason he's not higher on lists now, because a lot of times people just forget about Kobe. It like goes right to LeBron and now Steph, if that's going to be next is because he was basically doing what Jordan had already done, trying to do it better and almost getting there. LeBron did something new in that he combined Magic and Jordan or Kobe, right? He combined those two things. But it still wasn't new. It was a combination of what already came. The, if you want to call this the postmodern game, that started with Steph Curry. So he actually, he's the signature player of the way basketball is played now. So in terms of actually, logo, you might be right. People people say, Jay, he's shooting from three. He's actually shooting from four and five. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. That's the thing. It never made sense to shoot a deep three because I'm a, I'm why would you? you, you get the now, same I'm going to try to do my best to explain it to the people on radio. Did you see what Terrence Davis was doing last night to try to guard him? In the, in the first quarter, he went to te- contest a shot. Now, usually when you go to contest my shot, like you extend your right arm up. Like, he tried to put your hand in their face. When he was contending Steph's shot, he put his hand over the top of Steph's head and dragged it down over his face. I've never – it was almost like watching the way people try to guard James Harden with their hands behind their back, right? I've never seen somebody try to contest shots that way with yeah. grabbing your, your head, the top of your head, and dragging their hand down your face. Yeah. i never seen that before. Derek in Ohio, you're on KJM. So, I'm, yeah, so I don't want to beat up on Max too much because it seems like you've been getting it all morning. Yeah, give it. But, uh, no, beat him up. <laughs> I don't know why you think, why you think I'm getting beat. I'm not getting hit, but go ahead. Hey, um, but, I mean, just to Jay's point, I mean, if you run up and down the court all game, you got somebody that you've probably given up, you know, 20 pounds to, they're leaning on you, everything else like that. I think Jay can speak to this specifically because he's been living that life before. But uh, that beats up your legs and your endurance, and he still does that game in and game out. He still comes out and he gives you a 30-piece, a 40-piece. Last night he gave you a 50. I mean, that has to count for something. I mean, then to build upon that point as well, I mean, what's up with Iverson? Everybody gives Iverson his flowers because he was so good. I mean, they give him so much credit because he was small. But he doesn't he go higher on lists because he does. He gets credit but doesn't wind up higher because on Because he didn't lists. have the accolades. He didn't win championships. But, but Isaiah did. and he did. In other words, well, Isaiah was pretty high on the list. But not because he's short, because he was great. Yes, you marvel at the fact no, that he, he overcame he the height. Championships, man, you got to win championships. This is a part of winning championships too. AI, if he won championships, he would be higher on the list. But Isaiah Steph did Curry, win man, championships, Curry, and he's I, not with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson simply because yeah, he's much shorter. Stuff, than that. It's some other stuff, but it's some other stuff that pushes hey, him down too. All right, listen. Yeah, all I'm gonna say is Steph Curry is gonna go down real soon as one of the top five players of all time. You watch. Could be. Absolutely. Could be. Yep. People talk about the GOAT conversation. you got to stop. But we're going to pick this up tomorrow. Not KJM, just point ESPN guard, Radio. all time.
Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.